everybody. Welcome to a very special Prog Report podcast uh, top five episode. We're going to jump into uh, a different spectrum for us, a little bit more on the popular prog side that we like to do sometimes, vary it up a bit and do a little Tears for Fears. Uh, they have a new album on the way uh, coming out called The Tipping Point, which by, by the time we air this podcast, it'll have been out actually. Um, but uh, joining us is a special guest uh, who's uh, been here many times, <laughs> uh, Mr. Nick DiVirgilio. How you doing, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I, I, it's great to have you on here because, of course, you do have a, a very close association with the band, having toured with them for years, and, uh, you know, you know the, the guys well, so uh, we're excited to get your perspective on on some of these songs. Uh, cool. Joining us is Prog Nick, so we got two Nicks. Uh, hi, Roy. Hi, hi, everybody. I guess I'm Prog Nicholas for this one, because <laughs> uh, we, we got Nick with us, so uh, hi, Nick. Uh, hi, everybody. Good to yeah, see and and actually, also uh, before we get into the uh, the top five that we're gonna do, um, I should point out that uh, this baby is out now. Also, by the time you hear this, the Troika album from uh, Di Virgilio Morrison Jennings, uh, fantastic, uh, you know, singer songwriter record. I'm sure you've heard the singles by now, and uh, if you haven't uh, seen it, uh, I got to do an interview with the three guys. That's all over YouTube and. We also put the podcast out on uh, on our Prog Report uh, channel's uh, audio version, which you can check out as well. So uh, make sure you subscribe to all those things and get up to date on everything. Um, Nick, I just want to talk to you a little bit about Troika because we, we spoke about it in depth and uh, to, to death, I suppose you could say. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, talk about just this finally coming out and, and the reaction that you've heard from people. It's cool that it's finally here um, after all this craziness, you know, of the last couple of years. And I'm very pleasantly surprised at the reaction from everybody. I mean, um, you know, it is what it is. It's not a prog record. And it is just us doing some more mellow music that we really love. And I think the what I think is cool about the record is that it's super honest. You know, we're making this, we're not trying to make simpler songs. We're just doing songs that came out of us just, you know, from the gut. And um, and then it came out, you know, when we put it together in uh, an audible form on record and CD and stuff. And I think, so it's just honest material from us. And uh, we, we did it with a lot of love and intention. And I think it's coming across. So people that are more into, you know, not really that style of music are still kind of enjoying it and getting something out of it. So yeah. um, I think that's all a good thing. And it's, it was a really enjoyable record to make. And the way it turned out is, is killer. We're all, I think we're all really happy about that. So, yeah, I'm happy that it's out there in the in the light, see the light of day. Yeah, we got to make I, a second I, one and go play live. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And, and of I course, saw Neil the other night. Neil played in town with the Neil Morse Band uh, here in Fort Wayne. And I went and saw the show, and they killed it. They they were they were great, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then I told Neil again. I go, dude, we got to go play. You know, you're touring now. You got the time. Uh, so we need to take. Just slot out a you know a few weeks here or there and go do some stuff uh, in front of people. I think it would be a really cool, a fun night of music. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? Uh, I think it could draw. I mean, between the three of you, I think it would be uh, something people would would absolutely go see. It'd be fun. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so can, can, congratulations on it, Nick. It, it, it really is great having had the opportunity to hear it through Thank through you. those good graces. Um, I also wanted to ask you about. Um, your amazing groovy Thursdays videos, which which yeah, I've been following. Absolutely. 
I've been following them religiously on on, on Facebook. Uh, Bill Bruford, Nine Eight Licks, and of course some some from your own band, Big Big Train. Some some Spock's Beard favorites uh, stuck in there. And, and, and as a drummer myself, I got to tell you, this stuff is gold. Tell us a little bit more about that, would you? Well, I've been needing. Listen, you know, it's there's a lot of noise out there on the internet. Come on, you guys have a podcast. You know how much there's like eight billion podcasts in the world. So. <laughs> You got to just figure out something to do and do it. And it's taken me a long time to get to this point. And um, so I'm trying to build my channel and, you know, and get more people to, to, to find out who I am and maybe point them towards my music and all of those kinds of things. And um, there's a number of drummers online that have groove, uh, weekly groove things. I just kind of want to do something similar, but um, instead of just having the groove on its own, do a little bit of talking, try to explain a little bit, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I pick Thursday sort of randomly because there's other guys that have it other days of the week. And now that I'm into it, I'm really starting to enjoy it. And I have a really long list of, of grooves to get into. And my goal is to do, you know, they don't take that long to make, which is another good thing. Um, so I can I've, I've, I've given you a couple of suggestions there. Oh, stuff totally, I've yeah. been trying They're to work there, out for, for sure. 20 years. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I could get these kind of in the can and then have something to be posted weekly yeah. Without having to uh, to just spend all my time doing it. You know, I, I put in a bunch of work. I get a bunch done. I, I you know, I, 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 I get them scheduled ahead of time and then I can kind of focus on other stuff. And at least I know that there's something going out to keep people engaged uh, at yeah. least once a week. So it's um, that's kind of the reason behind it. And then there's so many. Oh, my God, I could be doing this for years. There's mm -hmm. so many grooves to kind of get into. I got a really cool one coming tomorrow and I'm going to start. um I'm going to definitely kind of focus in on my career and some of the grooves that through my bands, but then I think, and, and then expanding it into other stuff, I got lots of fun plans to do. And then I'm going to make up stuff randomly too. So it's just kind of a way to keep me out there and engaged with, with the folks. And those are all found on your socials and, uh, and on the website you, as well. Uh, website. No, but I mean, I guess I could link them all too. I mean, it, um, it's all on my YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, check those out. They're really great. I also love the uh, Spock's Beard covers that you've done occasionally. I got oh, some really wow. good couple of cool ones with that, too, coming up here pretty soon. Those are awesome. Been, yeah, yeah, those take know. a lot longer to do. Well, you're and doing, what, eight, sure. nine instruments? And I'm doing everything. Thing. And it, yeah. you know, the goal for those is to, uh, it's really just for my education and my, to think of, see if I can figure things out with only listening. I'm not reading any music or trying to look at any YouTube videos or how to play this stuff. I'm my focus is just to use my own ears, and that's the point of the whole, of those videos is well, a to be entertaining, hopefully, uh, but two to push the fact that listening is such a huge part of learning how to play music. And if you if you could figure these things out and just focus your brain, you, you could really train your ears to hear all kinds of things you really didn't know was there, you know, and you just focus in on certain things on just one side of the speaker or whatever. So it's an education in that as well. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, look, we should also uh, mention again uh, the Big Big Train album, uh, "Welcome to the Planet" that you're on that just came out. Uh, again, we have to acknowledge uh, David's passing, which is you know still something everybody's dealing with. Yeah. Um, an amazing record, you know. Just that that part aside, I just want to say that's an awesome album. Uh, the title track, still to me, it's just like mind-blowing on that album pretty just, cool man just crazy good yeah. yeah 
That's awesome. It's fun um, to have that 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 flavor in the band now too, because Carly is a super talented uh, player, just as a keyboard player, a piano player, but she's got some crazy, just things in her head that she wants to get out artistically too, which is perfect <laughs> for Big Big Train. It just adds that 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 different kind of style that is still very proggy and muso and artistic in so many cool ways. So yeah, I dig it. Yeah, it was a I really just, fun song that, to play drums on, by the way. Well, when that really ending cool. comes, the you know that whole kind of uh, I don't know what you call it, like Dixieland or yeah, whatever craziness. kind of thing. Yeah. It's like right, right so unexpected time. and so yeah. cool. I just it's really just made me smile when I was hearing that. Good, very cool. Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, so you have a bunch of stuff going on. You're you're always busy, um, but um, we're gonna put that aside and go into uh, talking about some tears for fears. Um, you know, we'll do the, the usual top five. We'll each uh, pick one and then keep going around and around and just sort of, uh, Nick, anything that you played live or you've got some cool stories that you know about any of these songs, we'd love to hear it. Um, so, uh, and the new album is a uh, fair game if anybody wants to include. So uh, why don't you go first, Nick? Uh, when I say Nick, it's it's uh, you. And when I say <laughs> prog Nick, it's the other one. That's okay, the only no way problem. I can figure this out. Good. Uh, okay, so Nick, why don't you go with your first uh, pick, your number five? I'm going to start early and my list will kind of go through the years, but so I'm going to start off the first record, the tune memories fade from the hurting. Um, you know, I played in the band for a long time and we didn't play that particular song until later on in my career with tears for fears, like after Kurt came back and they reunited and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the live version, I love the recorded version from the early, from the eighties. It just sort of, so reminds me of being in high school and, those years of my life. Um, but the way we played it live was super cool. We made it a little drum and bassy. We funked it up a little bit and it became a really super, one of my favorite tunes ever to play live with those guys. Hmm. And uh, the way Roland sings, uh, he, sing, he sang it great as a kid, but I think his voice is even better on the song as an older person, you know, in, in you know, later on in life. It's just the grit in his voice really yeah. made that song come alive in a cool way. And it was just super fun. I dig that tune a lot. to start off yeah um yeah i mean i didn't get into them until much later but uh some of those songs off that first record still just are just amazing yeah and i have while i'm thinking about it too i don't know if you could link to this or something but sure. i have a video on my youtube channel of us playing that tune at some open air festival i did like a vlog when i was touring with them back in the day and there's a version of that tune Sounds okay because it's sort of drum perspective and stuff, but you could at least hear sort of where we were going with the tune. Maybe yeah, you can, we can put that up. You can put the, the link uh, or something in the yeah, text. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very cool. Awesome. Uh, okay, Pro Mr. Prague, you're our first pick. <laughs> All right. So, so I weirdly only discovered Tears for Fears in the '90s. I was so steeped in my beloved Prague, and I, I, I was a bit of a Prague snob, even though I was in a South African pop band at, at the time, which was 
<laughs> I only found out later trying to sound a bit like Tears for Fears, to be honest, ironically. But um, I'd only heard Shout on the radio. I didn't particularly like it. And um, I thought they were probably just some throwaway emo pop band, you know, just, just, <laughs> just like the rest of them. So unbelievably, I ignored them. <laughs> this band that has turned into one of my favorite acts ever. Really? Um, Sorry. And, and, and really, I, I, just the first three albums, I, I ignored completely and I, and, and I had to catch up. I, I, only, I only caught up um, when, when they'd actually split up and Roland, and Roland had gone on his own to do the album Elemental. And that, and that right. weirdly was, was my first um, ex experience to Tears for Fears. So um, one, of those, one of those numbers is, is going to be my number five pick, which is Fish Out of Water. Oh, I love that song. Uh, cool track, yeah. Yeah, got that fabulous keyboard intro leading into that huge riff, uh, which comes in on an offbeat. So powerful, co-written by Alan Griffiths. Um, it, uh, it, it talks about Neptune's Kitchen, which I only found out later um, is in fact the name for Roland's home studio at the time. Uh, produced by Tim Palmer, who is famous for that that, that massive sound. This is typical of it. So, Fish Out of Water. I love that song. With all your I agree. That's a great one. Um, I, you know, my story with the discovery them is a, a little bit, a little bit similar. The first album I ever bought from Tears for Fears was actually Elemental, also. But, you know, I was looking back because I had this, this. Uh, I've noticed in recent years that a lot of these uh, '80s bands that I grew up listening to, and I owned all their records. Um, you know, Cutting Crew, Mister Mister, Level Forty Two, all those kind of musician-based bands that they all ended up being with containing some musicians that are in some of the prog bands we listen to today right. yeah so they're Cutting really like life signs yeah right? amazing amazing yeah. groups i mean pat mastelato mr mister is in, in king exactly. crimson of all things so prog in um, disguise as i've said before prog in disguise <laughs> yeah so but what i what i found weird is i owned all those records and I liked Tears for Fears, but I never bought a Tears for Fears record. And I didn't buy songs from the big chair. I didn't buy Seeds of Love. I knew all the songs. I, I liked Seeds of Love. I, I don't know. I don't know why they escaped me in that because I liked them. I just didn't buy a record. But I had all these other bands of the same kind of arena. You know what I mean? I don't. I thought that was just sort of a weird thing. But then um, when I heard uh, Elemental, that's when I lost my mind and I went crazy and right. I bought, you know, everything oh. but um i'm gonna go for number five to the new record which um i think is amazing i love the album so much the new album the tipping point which came out february 25th and uh there's a song on there called master plan which is uh on the second half of the record that uh i think it's a roland song and uh i think it's one of the greatest songs they've ever done it blows my mind now there's a couple on there i think rivers of mercy is another one that's tremendous yeah. um and uh no small thing the opening track is really just 
strange and killer. Uh, but I got to go with Master Plan. Um, I, it's sort of Beatlesy, I think, if I could describe it as uh, close as anything. But um, it just uh, it hit me, hit me over the head like a hammer. Just a, a tremendous song. And I hope, I hope uh, when they tour, they play it live. I, who knows? But uh, that's that's a great song. They got a lot of live dates sort of booked, at least here in the States. They got a pretty long, extensive tour already planned. So I'm sure it'll make its way overseas. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm planning to see them. Um, what I like is that it's their head, they're headlining it. So, you know, we'll get a full set, which I think is cool. Last time I saw them was with Hall of Notes, you know, so it was yeah. kind of. Yeah, the, you know, the other great pop that Hollow Notes kind of makes Tears for Fears the second best pop duo in the world, right? I mean, I left halfway through Hollow Notes. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. No, well, uh, they, they, they've both got significant prog, prog links. So. Oh, for sure. I, they do. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about Hollow Notes before. Yeah. You've brought them up. All right. Uh, all right, Nick, uh, your number four pick. Are we going to... Okay, I wasn't really going five to one, but yeah, that's fine. Mine You're isn't just... like in no particular order. Okay, yeah, yeah no worries. Um, okay. I'm gonna go from the second record now, songs from the big chair, and it's head over heels. Um, just, I mean, it has got to be one of the great pop tunes I, I know of. I mean, there's lots, obviously, there's lots of great ones, but that one is a. I got to play it every night, and to hear Roland play that, to sing that song every night, was fantastic. It's got such a catchy melody and chorus. And I mean, that tune, I, it, I, it's just a great written pop tune. Yep. It's fun to play. It's simple and everything, but it's it's just got pocket. It's deep. Uh, you know, it's it's just a, such a great song. I don't know how else to describe it. I the, love the, that the track. The bass line is what I years. sing when I hear that song. What's that? The bass line is what I sing in my head when I hear oh, that yeah. song. And for me, you know, even after all of these years, I've been hearing that song since I was in high school in the mid eighties. Um, I, I still enjoy listening to it even after all this time. So it's, it's yeah. definitely stood the test of time for me. So I really, yeah. I really enjoy that track. I great, love that uh, song. It, it, great live it, song it came in, it came in on my number six, very close, very close to being in the top. Nine. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I mean, that's the crazy. I didn't do saw anything from songs from the big chair, but it's it's all awesome stuff. But you know, we tend to just everybody knows those. We're gonna pick other ones. That's that's how our, our brains work. Mine, but, I get um, I get more obscure as we go. In this yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> obviously. Uh, okay, uh, Prognik, your uh, your next one. 
All righty. So I'm going to go with a bit of a rockier edge on this one. Um, it's a song that I love, and I, th I think it represents um, the, the, the rockier, harder side of Tears for Fears, which is Year of the Knife, uh, which is yeah. from Seeds of Love. Um, Simon it, Phillips. Simon Phillips, right, on drums. Absolutely. So I guess I, guess I was a, a little bit biased due to that. Um, but it's it's just it's just an amazing pocket, an amazing groove, and a really driving song. Um, re really like it. I, I think I think it stands out as as one of those songs that that the more traditional fans who are into the pop side will would have taken a little bit more getting into because it's 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 so rock, it's so it's it's so driving. But um, what a song, yeah. So uh, year of the night. Which, which was a, a live version. I th I, I, was it Pino Palladino who played bass on that? Or was yeah. it Kurt? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really a live version. They sort of mixed it to make it sound live a little bit, uh -huh. the way they oh, did they that. that particular, you know, they added the audience and stuff. Um, but no, that was a studio track, yeah. Right, great song. Great that song. whole second half, that side B, you know, is, yeah. it, that's a prog record, that totally. side B. All yeah, the right. way, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, what's the other one that comes before that? Um, Swords and knives. I mean, that is just so. Swords cool. and knives. Yeah, they had a thing about knives at that that stage. I don't know why. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, I'm going to stay with that record and uh, go with the first track, "Woman in Chains," uh, for for my pick, which um, Phil Collins on drums. I mean, that album is just has so many amazing musicians on it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, just you know. You know that song. It's just the emotion behind it. The whole the whole way it picks up. Alita Adams' uh, vocals on top are amazing, and um, just so epic and big and awesome, uh, and a great way to open an album. Just you know, the whole the bassline kind of snare drum Heavy, opening yeah. is so cool. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I had, well, I, was... I had a hard time picking one song from this album. It's, it's... Oh, I know. It's a great record. When we were touring in the pre-Kurt days. I guess it was in the the later 90s. We played in Kansas City, and that's where Olita Adams lives. And she sat in because uh, we had a different uh, female singer for the tour named Linda. And so we we played in that town, and she came in and sang "Woman in Chains" with us on that show. Mm. And that was really cool to hear the the female voice on the record on stage live. And Olita's a really nice person too, so it was a really cool experience to have. that unrehearsed Nick? Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we the band had played the song a thousand times touring, 
Uh, but Alita, since she, I mean, she knew the tune. She, she just kind of sat, came up and sang the tune. Yeah. So yeah. I heard the story well, of, of how he discovered her was that she was just a, a singer in a a jazz, like at a bar. Right. And he just had he went back and was like, you're amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Do, do you know that that song is actually about Roland's mom, who who, who apparently was was yeah, an, ex, an exotic dancer? And um, the, the, there was a history of some kind of family abuse uh, there. Um, but what that song represents to me is is the end of the sterile synth pop uh, Tears for Fears that, that came before it. I mean, Phil Collins on drums, right? Uh, and um, uh, just that that jazzy intro with 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 that with that amazing middle piece, really musicianship at its at its best. Yeah. There's that uh, arpeggiated guitar thing that goes towards at the end that that kind of part, and he, that's like I've noticed it's a thing he goes back to a lot in a lot of songs, mm. the different you know different uh, chords and things like that. But it's it's like a, a go to for him I think, but it and it adds such a cool element. Um, yeah. All right. Nick, back to you. I'm sticking with that record. Okay. And it's going to be song one of side two, if you're listening to the LP tonight. Uh, it's Standing on the Corner of the Third World. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this this record is very, very muso to me. Uh, it's got all the all the elements of what musicians like, and I think prog heads dig, too. So, um, Roland has an amazing way of writing melodies and bridges. So the bridges in these tunes all throughout that record, really, um, all throughout the Seeds of Love, the bridges just lift to a point where his voice raises and he jumps up and it's just so, God, the, the energy level is just amazing. And that record has that all over it. So you have Manu Cache and you have Pino Palladino playing these amazing parts and it's got all the bells and whistles of production with percussion and stuff and just a killer melody. It's so fun to sing. We never played that tune live, unfortunately, even though I tried to push him to do something that way. <laughs> Come on, man, let's do it once. Um, but we never did. And it's just that tune as a prog head and a music lover of that style of more intricate music and all of that kind of stuff. Man, that tune totally gets me. It's super emotional and it's got energy. It goes down and up and everywhere and it sounds amazing. It's a cool track. Yeah. Standing on the corner of the third world Up the third world, up the third world Up the third world, up the third world Up the third world Yeah, really cool. Um, wow, we've really we're we're hitting that album hard in, in a row here. Okay, um, uh, Prog Prognik. I'm uh, calling I you Prog because uh, if it's your first name, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's like how it appears on Messenger, right? <laughs> okay, so so I'm I'm going to take us in a different direction now. Um, uh, Roland on his own again um, from the album Raúl and the Kings of Spain, which is a, a an autobiographical album, as we know about his Spanish heritage, 
and all that. But there is one standout song there that just hits me in the gut every time I hear it. And uh, to this day, to this day, it still gives me, I don't know if you know that, that warm, fluttery feeling in your stomach that some, some music gives you. To this day, that song gives it to me. And it's just a simple melody. It's just a simple pop song. But it is, wow, so amazing. And it is the song God's Mistake. Hmm. Um, which, uh, which I know there's a video out there of, of Nick playing it live. Nick, I know that you toured this album extensively. Yeah. Um, the, the groove on that song with those chiming guitars and, and the, the straight ahead groove, but just, just done, done in such a pocket, as, as Nick would say. Um, a lot of people don't like the lyrics of, of the song and, 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 and the album in general, but I personally think they're spot on. I mean, God does not play dice. He's in casinos with aces to spare. I just think it's amazing from beginning to end. And, and, and even though it's a simple straight ahead pop song, it's got a lot of prog in it and I love it. You always like that song a little bit more than me. I I do like it, but but I, I'm gonna stay with that album just to jump right in because the song that uh, I would say does that for me from that record is the one that's right after it, which is Sketches of Pain. Ooh, that's a good one. That was always fun to play yeah. live. Which is yeah. just the Great. the whole flamenco guitar thing and the horns. I mean, I'm telling you, the first time I heard that song, I remember listening to the CD and I'm like beginning of the album it's a guitar album i mean raul and uh, is into falling down into got you know got uh, secrets god's mistake it's sort of a guitar rock record which is killer yeah but then that song comes on and i just lost i just lost my mind over that song it is <laughs> it's so awesome and again i just go back to his production elements which are the subtle things that i love so much about their albums is lyrics and all that it's, it's all great but underneath he'll do these things with just like two notes repeating in the background and weird noises and loops and stuff going on and i always cling on to those things it's like wow that's really a, an attention to detail that he he had to put that in there and it adds everything um you know the hand claps uh towards the set like that is so awesome to think of that and to put that in it's so cool When we were rehearsing that tune, when I first got the gig, we were rehearsing at Real World and learning the set for the for the tour and stuff. We played that, and then one day, so this was mid ninety six five whatever. Yeah, I was still had heaven. I was still playing. I mean, I was in Spocks, so doing a lot of prog there and playing with Kevin Gilbert and stuff. And then I still had all all the fusion shit in my head that I was listening to and stuff. And I was playing in a 
a couple of years before that, back in LA, I was playing in all kinds of Latin bands. I was doing all kinds of stuff. So I was in all kinds of um, stuff. And so all of a sudden I started playing this sort of Latin drum rhythm over the top of that middle section with claps come in. And he turns around and he goes, oh, that's cool. And they kept it. And that's oh, cool. how we did it for the whole tour. And I was oh, just messing around and he totally dug it because on, on the record, it's just the claps and the guitar, which is totally cool. But we made we made we were, we were able to make it lift a little bit more for the live gigs. And so I was kind of happy that the new guy was able to bring something that he dug and we kept it in and played yeah. it like that for the rest of the tour. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, mid 90s, that that kind of stuff that they were doing, even though I, I knew they weren't, you know, Dream Theater, or you know, whatever, right. Prague. It, it really was filling that kind of Genesis wasn't around anymore. You know, that kind of like almost prog sound that some bands did in the 80s. It was really filling that for me, these albums that they were doing, because it wasn't simple. You know, this was in the middle of grunge and right. I, I was fine. Grunge was whatever. But like I needed to you need more, you know, when you like what we like, you know what I mean? And uh, and they they were able to do that. Um, okay, your next one, uh, your fourth pick. I might have to change it since we're we're because my next one was going to be on the same record, but I, I had a no, another one that's really close to it, so I might just change my pick here okay. just to change it up for a second. Because um, I was going to pick Raul, the song Raul in the Kings of Spain, which is killer. So this might be this is on the same level, but the tune Elemental from Elemental is uh awesome. i'll pick that one for my fourth okay yeah uh just to change it up a little bit um again so i was i was a pretty big fan by the time i got the gig with tears for fears and the tour before the elemental tour i saw them play uh in la at the wiltern with brian mcleod playing drums brian is the reason i got the gig with tears for fears i became friends with him through kevin gilbert and we made started a band and he recommended me to Roland and that's how it all started. So um, seeing them play live, well, I also saw the Seeds of Love tour. That was the first time I saw them. But then the second time was Elemental. And we had really good seats, me and Tiffany. And uh, they opened the show with that. And it was so powerful. And again, it's another one of those Roland tunes where he sings his butt off. And the, the chorus is so powerful. Um, you know, I, it's just so much. It's more fun to sing even than playing drums, I think, on it. It's just, it's really cool. And it's it's fat sounding. And it was a lot of fun to play live. And uh, so I'm going to pick that tune. Did you lose your Love that song i love that yeah. album yeah absolutely i can't uh can't disagree with there i've been doing sort of a deep dive on youtube and looking for old uh tour videos and stuff like that and and uh there's some really terrible uh footage <laughs> that you can see of of that tour but they would op yeah. they opened with that song and you know right. that the whole kind of thing but i mean it's, it's looks and sounds horrible yeah unfortunately someone sent me i wonder if roland would ever let me put some of this stuff out or if he would put it out i have no idea 
but someone recorded, or maybe someone professionally recorded, I don't know, but we played at uh, Shepherd's Bush Empire in, in London on that tour. And it was, and the recording, there's no, there's no video from it, but the audio sounds actually pretty darn good. So I wonder if he would ever consider putting some of that stuff out because that's, you know, all the tunes we're talking about are on yeah. there. You know what kills me? And about that's that. the gig. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's the show that I invited everybody from Hit and Run Music, Genesis folks, to come see. Because I went to their office that day to try and get an audition to for Genesis. Right. So there's all this tie-in of that. That's awesome. Too. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the the one tour I'll never uh, uh, forgive myself for missing was the Elemental Tour. Because in particular, they Jellyfish was their opening band yeah, on that which tour was in the oh, US. Wow. Right, yeah. And yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, it's so ridiculous that yeah. I missed that. Um, okay, uh, your next one, Nick. All right. Next? So, so I, I guess my number one is going to be pretty obvious. But uh, you took my number two from me, Roy, uh, which was Woman in Chains. So I'm going to have to go a little bit off the wall here, um, and. I'm going to go with a song that's not not actually on an album. It's it's included on on uh, I think the 2017 greatest hits package, something like that. And it's a song called "I Love You But I'm Lost." Now I hadn't actually listened to this song wow. until until this week when I was doing the research for this, uh, and uh, I just I ca I came across it. Let me let me give it a listen. It's on YouTube, um, and it's a really really interesting listen. Because if, if you were to play the song for a fan who's well-versed in Tears for Fears and has been a fan for a long time, they probably wouldn't recognize this as Tears for Fears, even though it's, it's, it's Roland's voice, which is, which is pretty recognizable. But um, it, it's, it's certainly not typical of, 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 what, of what they released and certainly not, not, not the hit stuff. But that being said... Um, there are a lot of the traditional songwriting tears for fears techniques in there uh including those big cinematic um epic kind of choruses that they do so it's a good listen um if if my if my number two hadn't been taken by you then this probably wouldn't be on there but it is now so give it a listen okay, everybody cool. i love you but i'm lost that's a good song but because it's on that random greatest hits it's like the one thing I don't own, it's not one I... Gets overlooked, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't listen to as much, but... I mean, I sort of like everything they've ever done, to be honest. Um, okay, so my uh, second, my number two or whatever. Um, so th this was the song that made me a, a fan. This was the song that, that uh, you know, knocked me off my feet. And uh, is to this day, one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, it's uh, Break It Down Again from the Elemental record. Um, I remember hearing it on the radio and just... St you know, stop me in my tracks. The, you know, I was the type that would like, I would hear that song on the radio and then I would immediately have to stop what I'm doing and drive to the record store to buy the, the, the 45 or the CD single or whatever it was at the time. Um, so yeah, so I bought Elemental 
and I think I probably wore out that CD for the entire year it was out. It was just nonstop um, and just became a, a huge fan, uh, you know, from there. But went backwards and bought all the other stuff. But um, Break It Down Again was was everything for me. I mean, it, it still is. It's It still does it for me live every time. And I love that they still play it. I think that's really cool because I, I totally would respect if, you know, they're go only going to do Kurt uh and rolling stuff together um and obviously kurt wasn't on this but live they they still play this song because i think it's excellent live and it, it still was a hit for them uh so I, it makes sense so i'm glad that they still do it uh the lyrics are so wacky and stupid and mm. um and i love that and they're you know it, it, it's it's kind of what the beatles w would have done over that period if they were still together i reckon yeah yeah, and the chorus is the hook is awesome. It's just yeah, yeah. just amazing. Okay, your last one, man. Okay, it's an obscure one, but oh. it's a cool one. It's from Everybody Loves a Happy Ending, and the tune is called The Devil. Nice. Uh, I Good totally song. dig this tune. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it, well, it fits my top five for sure. Um, hey, dude, this, this week you've had Belzebub and now The Devil. I know. <laughs> I think it oh, comes in three. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm on a, yeah, I'm on a dark streak. I don't know why. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's just got great vibe and I love it because it's Roland sings really, you know, he's got a nice deep voice too, when he wants, when he wants to sing down there. And uh, so that sounds cool. It's got killer vibe. And then there's that whole middle section, which repeats again towards the end of it, the big drums and fills and it's huge sounding for a minute. Uh, it's got lots of balls. It's, it sounds great. It's a really cool track. I dig. there's a lot of cool songs on that record too, by the way. Um, but that one I think is uh is is a has deserves to be on my top five. That's a great album. The whole album is awesome. And at the time, it's funny because every the news around the new record is like, oh, they're back together. And it's almost like yeah. this album, people forgot that yeah. it ever well, happened. It has, been, it has been 17 years. Right. But they reunited for this one, <laughs> for, for everyone. Everybody loves a happy ending. And I, I get it. That's how you pitch a story. It's fine. But, you know, it was a very overlooked album when it came out, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. and I don't think it, it did what it what it should have done. But it's a very um, it's more of a Beatles 
influenced album all over the place for me. I think the new album sounds more like The Hurting, Songs from the Big Chair, you know, that kind of stuff. I think Everybody Loves a Happy Ending was maybe a bit more Seeds of Lovish. I don't know. But I, I love that album. Um, cool pick. Uh, all right, man. What's your number one? All righty. So number one, without a doubt, is Bad Man's Song. Okay. Uh, just uh, yep. really prog in disguise. Let's say it again. Um, that live at Nebworth version is just something else, man. Uh, with Alita Adams doing her thing on stage. Just amazing. Apparently the song was written about um, uh, Roland overhearing two crew members gossiping about him or, or having a couple of words to say about him uh, um, backstage one night. And, um, you know, th that, that kind of belies the gravitas of the music in that thing. And it's, and it's such, such a flippant theme, but, but, but actually... When you listen to the song, it really comes across with a, with a lot of weight. Um, Co-written by Nicky Holland, uh, who toured with him as their keyboard player, apparently, in, in 1985. Um, it's so different to all that sequencer-driven stuff that, that, that came uh, in the earlier albums um, that it really was a harbinger of, 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 of the fact that Tears for Fears are really a, a, a prog band or they're progressive musicians. I mean prog heads gotta love them right and this song is one of the reasons so my number one pick would be bad man's song yeah i'm really. glad you picked that that's good to have on here live uh nick yeah but not so much later they didn't i don't know why we didn't do it earlier on i think maybe because it was just hard to play i don't know uh because it's not the easiest drum part to play to be quite honest with you yeah. um but uh so later on we started playing that more they're playing it now a lot on yeah the, they've been playing yeah they put that in the set i think it's a it's in the set all the time now yeah which is great so yeah. cool awesome um all right well my number one i'm gonna go back to that same album again <laughs> so uh but i i mean break it down again was always going to be my number one pick but the more i thought about it um i think this is really for me the the best representation of the band and it's 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 their best song it's and i, I loved it when it came out and i still love it now and it's it's sowing the seeds of love that you know that that track uh i just think everything about it is just incredible uh, and it holds up amazingly well today. And, you know, I, I know every lyric, every word, every time it comes on, I sing the entire thing while it's playing. You know, it's just one of those songs for me. Um, the 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 Beatles, uh, you know, kind of Penny Lane trumpet thing that they that they kind of rip off in the second half. Um, the whole thing is killer. And I can't believe, really, if you think about what they were coming off of, shout, every you know, everybody wants to rule the world, had, you know, and then they come back and this is their single off the next record i mean that's right. really ballsy to to it's like a six minute song and and it has 
everything you could put into a one song is in there. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's great. bit more traditional of a pick for me i think but uh i had to have it on there it's a, it's one of my favorites so we did five out of the eight songs from <laughs> from seeds of love i guess that makes sense you know knowing knowing who's on this podcast um did we leave out any any honorable mentions that we that we oh, like? how tons. Do you want? yeah there's tons man uh, i i didn't do any uh, pick anything from everybody loves happy ending but i might have the one that I was leaning towards was the title track. Actually, it was was on the on the list that I might go with, which is a really cool opening song for that record. Sure. You know, it's a song I was listening to just before we came on to do this, which I sort of forgot about, which is amazing from Raul and Kings Raul and the Kings of Spain is "Me and My Big Ideas." Love that song. What a killer track that is, uh, with yeah. Alita singing. It's 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 like heart wrenching, and it's yeah. a great melody, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Have you guys given a listen to this one? This this sort of B sides. Yeah. I've been listening to it recently. I I this uh, Bloodletting Go is killer. Um uh what's it? Uh, New Star, which is I think was a single. New Star. Yeah, New Star's really a great. Good. This is a cool co- David Bowie cover, Ashes to Ashes they do on there. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's like 100% exact. Like they did a carbon copy of it, but that's it's really good. Really cool. Makes sense. He sounds like him sometimes. Yeah. Um, cool, man. This was fun. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Hey, anybody listening, if you weren't familiar uh, and you only know Shout and, uh, every, you know, everybody wants to rule the world, um, we recommend uh, checking out some of these more obscure songs. They're killer. I mean, they are as prog as anything. Great playing. Great, uh, you know, and this guy played drums. I mean, what more do you want to know? <laughs> How many and years? I found, I found the, the, the old video. So it's oh, me cool. with really long hair, too. So it's. Uh, <laughs> And it's not just a song. I'm kind of talking around the stage and showing off my drums and stuff. So I'll, I'll send you that link here after we will done. put that up uh, on oh, the yeah. same page. How long did you play with them? About 15 years. Wow. Off and on. I mean, like 95 to 2010, right? Yeah. And, you know, there was a period of time, gosh, in the in the 2000s where a couple of years went by, I didn't do anything. That's sort of why I got the cert gig, because it was got really slow for a while. Uh, there was just not enough money coming in and I needed to get some I needed to make some money and Cirque happened to come my way. Thank God. But um, yes, but in, if you look at the whole the date from beginning to end, it was 15 years. That's awesome. Wow. You've played in many of my favorite bands, my friend. That's oh, yeah. Awesome. Pretty Indeed. awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. Uh, yes. Cool, man. I Well, one more shout out to uh, the Troika album as well. Uh, Di Virgilio Morrison Jennings. Uh, please check that out. Pick it up. And uh, hey, we'll see you soon, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up later. All right, thank man. you so much, Nick. And, Thanks, and guys. Congrats right, again on 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 Troika and the Big Big Train album. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you, thank you. All right, man. Bye. Cheers, fellas.
Cheers, guys. Cheers.